Welcome to the Never Settle podcast. My name is Mel Clark and I am passionate about helping people realize that settling for second best is no longer an option and that everyone deserves to live the life they truly desire. Today we meet Cordelia, who shares her inspiring story of going from nurse to successful online business coach. She shares her trials and tribulations that she suffered along the way, but also shares the magic that she found when she set herself free. I know you're going to love this one. Hey Cordelia, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been ages since I've seen you. How are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. It's an absolute pleasure to have been invited and it has been a while, hasn't it? It has been a while. I know you've been a very busy girl. Um, just to, to give a little bit of a backstory, um, as with a lot of these pod- podcasts, I met Cordelia through SFM. Um, that was about three years ago, um, just over three years ago, I think. And Cordelia had joined just before me. Cordelia was a nurse uh, when she joined. And um, yeah, then we ended up in the Dominican on a retreat together and we've been at various other events together. And um, I was I was not part of, but when life dramatically changed for you, right, that was around the Dominican Republic time. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about take the bull by the horns. Um, so, and, and obviously this podcast is all about not settling and you are a shining example of somebody that isn't going to bloody settle. <laughs> so, um, so over to you, Cordelia. Can you um, give the listeners just your backstory because it's fascinating? Yeah, sure. Where do you want me to start? Um, I think. Um, well, when I when I knew you, you were married. You've got three children. You've still got three children, obviously. Um, <laughs> I've got four now. I've got a dog. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> you'll probably so, hear him in a minute. All right. <laughs> um, so I think maybe start around then because I think because obviously I met you when you were looking to change career but also when your life changed as well so do you want to start around yeah, sure I'll start around the kind of time of nursing because what, I actually started my first business before joining the SFM mm. um, and for anyone listening like, what's this SFM it's it's an online education platform it's recently changed to mentors but it's you know it's it's where you can go and get that education and that's what what I was looking for but it was only because I'd started a business now the business isn't the point it's the reason why I started that I wanted to share and um, I was in a um, let me just shut that because once they start rolling in they all roll in at the same time um I I I was in a in a relationship I was very unhappy it was a 12 year long relationship by the time I left and um what I really wanted to do was to start a business to create some stability in that relationship something for him to focus on and to do um and to bring that stability to our family now at that time you know I was I was actually a student nurse and I was pregnant with my third child. I'd had two other children during that nursing um, degree. And um, I was pregnant with my third. And we decided we were going to start this business for something for him to focus on. Before long, I was actually, you know, a newly qualified nurse running this business single handedly with three kids at home playing the tandem race, you know, as soon as I would get in, he'd be out. As soon as I'd show up, he'd be gone. 
I was like the ticket for, oh, thank God I can get out of here. It wasn't a family situation. And um, it, it was like a relay race. That's what I was trying to say. And um, not a tandem race, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I got what you meant. A little tandem bicycle. No, that's what I wanted. Not, not, <laughs> I wanted that tandem bicycle, but I had the relay instead. <laughs> and um, <laughs> And so that business was supposed to be the lifeline, the thing that would get him lit up and excited, bring that stability to us, allow us to be able to perhaps spend more money on going on holidays together, which would bring us closer as a family again and all of that stuff. But the reality was, was that I'm breastfeeding. I've got a toddler. I've got a, a child in nursery who's three years old and I'm working 13 hour shifts on the ward. I'm learning how to build a website. I'm learning how to put this thing together and I'm failing at the same time. We're just not making profit, you know, like I just, I had no one around me. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just winging it. I was trying. I was really trying. I, I carried on for best part of two years before wow. I gave up. Um, and then I did, I gave up because the only option really, it was like, well, I either get a warehouse so I can order more stock and get it cheaper and perhaps have a hope of getting some profit. But that's an expensive investment for something that's not earning money right now. Or I just throw the towel in and look for something else. And so that's the point at which I ended up finding SFM because I'm then at that stage Googling businesses that, you know, don't involve needing to ship big, expensive, heavy products and wait in for the postman and that kind of thing. And um, I, I, didn't have a clue where to start because all these things that were coming up at me like coach, um, business coach, business consultant, um, web designer. I'm like, I don't bloody know. Where do you even get started with becoming one of these things? I'm a nurse, right? So um, what happened then was that I ended up finding the SFM. I started this business and I, I like to say that I found my absolute passion, which is marketing and entrepreneurship, like just completely fell down a rabbit hole fell completely in love with it. And when the differentiator between that and, and my nursing career, I loved being a nurse. I loved my patients. I loved the connections, the relationships that you would make and all of that stuff. But I never bounced out of bed at 5 a.m. and was like, woohoo, let's go and get this 13 hour shift on the road. Like never, not once. I'd lay in bed going, oh, is there an excuse I can use today? I don't want to go and get started washing all the patients. I just want to stay in bed. Whereas now, like, I'm like, I will literally get out of bed and be like straight to the laptop. Just love it. So I started that SFM business and I also simultaneously started that personal development journey, finding out about myself, finding out about growth, about what it takes to be successful, about surrounding yourself with amazing people, about all of this stuff that you learn when you are on this serious journey to rising as a woman. And um, I realized that a lot had to change in order for me to change, that I had to change my environment, my surroundings. Um, and I was very resistant to that very, very scared of doing that because that meant I would be a single mum. Like that meant I would be on my own. That meant I would be like my mum and maybe I would struggle and maybe I would not have the support or the help to look after the kids. You know, maybe I would fail as a mother. Maybe I would be really, really bad at that. And it was scary. So the way you were feeling at that time to, to develop yourself 
you automatically knew that wasn't in going to include your husband. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Mm. I'd, 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 at this point, I'd been in this relationship for 10 years. It wasn't a violent relationship, but it was toxic. Um, it, it was very, it was, it was non-existent. It wasn't even a relationship. It was a bit like being a single parent, but you kind of had someone that was there sometimes. Um, and I knew that, you know, based on, and, and look, it's not my, it's not my place to share his journey mm -hmm. and his experience. It's only my place to share my own. Right. Yeah. And, um, I stole that from, from Rachel Hollis <laughs> because she talks about her childhood and, and I heard her say that. And for years I've struggled to be able to tell my story because I don't want to like, yeah, I get that downtrodden people, bad mouth them. I also don't want to put the blame on other people because I take full responsibility for, for my own life and my own actions and my own experiences. And I don't regret a single thing either. Um, because it makes you who you are. Right. Mm hmm but yeah, I had to leave and it, and it, and there was just no going forward because, you know, you get so far and, and you just know that someone's not going to change. Yeah. You can't force them. You can't build a business to try and ignite the fire within them. They, they have to find that themselves and do that themselves, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I did, I did kind of know that, but I was very scared to admit it. I was in, even more scared to do it. And, um, I just plodded along for a while and you're right. It was the Dominican Republic. We were there. We were on a retreat. Um, our mentor, Mr. Stu <laughs> said to me, you know, he just, I can't even remember what he said to me, but he gave me a good talking to. And after that conversation, I knew it was then when I was like, I know what I need to do. I remember how this, well, I think I know how this came about because I remember we were in a quite a small group and Stuart and Christian Bear were mm. sort of leading the little group and he picked you out and he was using you as an example of mm. examples that he was doing. And, and you were like, well, I can't, well, I, I don't feel like I can share my content on video because of this and because of that. And, and I, I think that's where it came from, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. It did. It, there was a lot of fear being in that relationship and a lot of fear about sharing that story, a lot of fear around being open and honest about, you know, what life was really like at home because didn't want to get anybody painted in a bad light or cause any tr problems with my kids or, yeah. you know, just create any friction or anything like that. And, and essentially I was kind of living, I was living two lives because there was my home life but then there was my bliss, which was my laptop where I used to escape. I would, I would, you know, chomp at the bit to go to business conferences all over the world. Cause it just meant I could get out and be free and, and be myself, you know? And, um, I made some seriously amazing friends along the way, the kind of people that I'll be friends with forever. Um, and that was something that I hadn't really had before because from leaving school at 13, from being pregnant throughout my whole nursing career um, studies, like in the natural places where you have little groups of people that you're a part of, and then you're friends with them forever. Like I kind of missed out on those. Yeah. And um, it was just really, really awesome environment as well. But yeah, I guess you kind of grow so fast 
and you grow and you have this, you, you kind of get woken up, right? <laughs> and you realize so many things about you, about your life, about where you want to go, about the possibilities that there are, about, you know, all sorts of things. And the trouble is, is that if your partner isn't in it with you, you can sort of grow really far ahead and leave them behind. Mm. And I think as well that had happened massively. Um, and yeah, so Dominican Republic um, <laughs> flew home, yeah. knew what I had to do. And I remember speaking to one of my coaches being like, I was in tears, like just absolutely terrified. I can't explain to you how scared I was. Scariest thing I've ever done was leaving yeah. that relationship. Been with him since I was 15. Mm. That's my entire adult life with one person at that stage. You know, I'm 28. And um, I was then. <laughs> I'm now nearly 31. Um, and so the, um, the decision was made, but I didn't know when it would happen. And I said to my coach, oh, you know, I'm just going to sit with this and whatever. The next day there was a really bad argument. I think he could sense something was off with me. I was not being myself. I was probably being a bit guarded and I was, te he was tested me. Um, I won't tell, I won't go into it, but it, it got a bit hairy and, and, and it got a bit aggressive and the kids were downstairs. And at that point I was just like, do you know what? sod this I'm going and I'm going now and um I did I packed everything in the car got him to give me a lift he actually gave me a lift <laughs> after we'd driven off come back cooled down all of that he gave me a lift and dropped me at my mum's house and I had no car no nothing just some bags my kids and um he wouldn't leave the house you see he said that either I had to leave the kids there or I had to go with them and that I wasn't going to stay there without him so I had to leave and we had nowhere to go like there's nowhere that I know where who's got like two spare bedrooms or even one spare bedroom for like me and three kids to sleep so luckily my stepdad had just bought a caravan and um we slept in there <laughs> and it was on the other side of the river from my mum's house so you know there was no electricity to plug the thing in it was just you know there was a there was a gas fire that on a few occasions I couldn't turn on. It was like really, you had a knack to it. We left it too late when the stepdad had gone to bed. That's it, you just freeze tonight. <laughs> it was April, so it was still pretty cold. To let me go. So I really didn't have any residual income coming in. I was, I was um, just had like, bits and bobs here and there from affiliate commissions. And that was worrying, but I will just always have had that feeling, you know, that it doesn't matter because everything's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just put it on a credit card later. <laughs> it'll sort itself out. You're going to yeah. be good. It's going to be fine. And it did serve me well to put a point where I had to start seriously mopping up um, the big mess I'd got myself into. Um, but we, I, we managed to get a house. It was six weeks in that caravan rented found a place to rent it was like the third place the first place rejected me because i had kids the second place rejected me but didn't tell me why and then i thought there was nowhere else in the area and then this place place i'm in now came up 
and and I was like, oh my god, and it was it felt like the last opportunity to live near my mum, and I was so nervous. I was the first one to go and see it, and they liked me, and they put in a good word for me, and I got it, and I moved in um, like three weeks later. So yeah, six weeks in the caravan, but finally moved into this place and the day I moved in I mean there was no internet here (laughs) and we're in the middle of nowhere with no signal but it was like insane like moving into my own place we had no furniture really we had like suitcases in the living room with all the piles of clothes in front of the suitcases and we had um I did go back and, and managed to get the kids beds and and for them to sleep on but that was just, it was pretty stark. <laughs> we started pretty much with nothing. And I remember one girl from the SFM community, bless her heart, um, she brought me a suitcase full of bits and bobs all the way from the Netherlands um, wow. for us, you know, tea towels, knives, like cutlery, like all sorts of random things. Um, so yeah, so we, we started again and it was great. It was like, you know, I, I think the, the scariest part was being like, okay, I am now a, it, 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 it took me a while to be able to say, I am a single mother. I am a <laughs> single mom. Like that was like, I was just didn't want to be one of those, you know? So it took that. me a while to be able to say that. But um, we, we settled in here, we were fine. That was all great. And then September, so we moved in here in July, moved into the caravan in April, April, May, moved in here in June, because we were in the caravan for about six weeks. It might have been July, June or July, I don't know. And then September, I have a huge car accident. I just started to get myself back on my feet. Sales were coming in a little bit more, I was working really hard. Um, I even had a boyfriend. You know, it's like really like everything was just going so well. It was like bliss. Everything was just beautiful. And then I had a major car accident. And um, some spiritual friends of mine were like, Cordelia, that was telling you to stop and to slow down. And I'm like, well, you could have just told me. <laughs> you break my pelvis. But yeah, um, that, was, that was pretty intense because I, I ended up, you know, I was on morphine. I ended up with PTSD. It was, it was pretty intense. And it kind of did make me stop and be like, right, time to just reevaluate things. And I think it just brought things up. Like I realized that I hadn't actually grieved for my marriage. I hadn't yeah. actually got over it. Um, and I had a lot of, of healing to do. And so I just spent the next six months doing that, getting back on my feet. I got financially stable. Um, and now like things are just completely different and it's good. Yeah. I mean, I I remember all that time. I remember when I found out about your car accident and it was just like, it was just crazy, absolutely crazy. But I, you know, I was one of those people. I didn't probably didn't say it to you, but I was thinking, yeah, you need to slow down girl. Because you were, like, you were like a whirling dervish, you know, from, from April through to that time, weren't you? Because it was just bang, 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 sort your life out, do this, do that, do that. And you were still trying to do your businesses and all that, you know, and all that kind of stuff and new relationship. Yeah. Um, and I think I remember saying to you at one point outside an event, you should have some time by yourself, Corky. <laughs> I should have done, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect that to happen, though. It wasn't like I went looking for it. He was um, one of my best friends. We were just spending quite a lot of time together. Most weekends, to be honest, just hanging out, 
and it just kind of happened. So it wasn't like, I wasn't like straight onto Tinder, like let's, let's sort this next <laughs> marriage out. Um, but yeah, I, I did, I did realize, and, and it's sad really, cause it kind of did, it did, did kind of destroy our friendship in a way, um, which is sad, <laughs> but that's <laughs> made me feel emotional. Oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> I'm sure you're sorted. I thought you'd stayed friends anyway. We are friends. We are yeah. friends, but, you know. Just not as close as no, you were. No, nowhere near. Yeah. But, you know, maybe one day you will be. At the moment, that's how it is, right? And mm. you're concentrating on yourself and you're flourishing in your new business. And, mm. you know, you need the time and the space to do that, right? Definitely. No, I am so busy. And I'm busy in all the right ways. Um, it's it's insane what I've managed to build over the last year. I mean, if you think that that was only 2018, car accident and all of that, you know, by the time it was end of 2018, beginning of 2019, I was in about 60 grand's worth of debt. Right. Um, I actually, you know, managed to get some financial stability going in, yeah. in 2019 and 2020, the year we all will remember as the one. Um, not that this year is proving to be much better. <laughs> um, not yet. Not yet. It's going to get better. Um, but the by the end of the year, by the end of 2020, I'd managed to get to six figures in my business, clear the majority of that 60 grand's worth of debt, hire my sister, and. Alex, who's the other girl that works with me, um, buy a dog <laughs> and, um, and yeah, just get along with the rest of the world. Everybody's bought a bloody dog. Haven't I they? know. <laughs> I know. We were one of those. We've that statistic. <laughs> but yeah. So, okay. So going from the car accident, you, you chilled out for a few months, you're rehabilitated. What made you, cause at that point, I don't, I don't think you'd started your coaching business. No. No. Okay. So, so through that bit of downtime and, and, and getting yourself straight, where did the coaching business come from? Well, it's, it's not necessary. I'm not, I don't like coach as a, like a general coach. Um, I'm a business coach. So that's like, you know, business consulting with coaching elements. I'm a visionary. I'm all about strategy. It's what I absolutely love. And after, you know, doing a lot of different things like video editing for people, building websites for people, coaching a lot of people and consulting for a lot of people in the SFM, you know, work, I actually worked for them for the best part of a year, coached about what well, I had about 1,300 sessions with, with their members, uh, which is, you know, a lot in a year yeah. and, um, really got a lot of experience in that sense was running webinars was doing all sorts of things and my biggest passion is like someone coming to me and going you know I've got I'm, I've got this thing that I'm passionate about right it could be that they're an acupuncturist and they freaking love that it's like what they were born to do could be yeah. they're an artist could be um you know any kind of service and the reason why is because like I find that people operating a business from, you know, a service-based business, it normally comes from a place of talent or a place of passion. And that is, you know, the kind of entrepreneur that just makes me excited. Um, and I love that field. Like, it's really, really fun. 
rather than, you know, affiliate marketing solely or, you know, selling products or whatever, like really having something that you love, that you're passionate about and turning that into a business is very, very exciting. And so in, it was February or January, I can't remember, 2020, I was like, right, I'm going to leave working from the SFM. And I went and had a chat with them. And actually they'd, you know, we were both thinking the same thing because, you know, everything was changing there as well. And we had that conversation and I was like, right, it's time, time to put that freaking parachute on and jump um, yeah. and just, you know, do what I've been doing in the SFM privately with my own clients outside, you know. And so um, I actually went and got a coaching accreditation because I realized, you know, after working with so many people, it's not just a business strategy. I mean, I could lay out a business strategy for anyone and everyone, but it takes the mindset to go and execute that with confidence and with self-belief in the knowing that you really can get those results. And a lot of the time we seriously do get in our own way. Yeah. So, you know, through coaching all the people that I coached over, over the years, my own members, just people in the SFM, also uh, my mum's friends, just anyone that wanted to have my uncle, like all the people. Um, and just the, um, the sheer amount of conversations I was having, I, I, I felt like I wanted to be able to include some kind of coaching skills in my toolbox so that I could actually really help people to, to move past those blocks and get results as well as just consulting. Because a consultant will tell you what to do. A coach will ask you questions and help you get out of your own way. A coach slash consultant will do both. And that's what I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, that was, I went and got that coaching accreditation and I was like, right, I'd learned that the best thing to do is to exhaust your existing network rather than just plowing straight into ads and trying to get, you know, new people into your business, like go and actually get loud and exhaust your existing network. And, and also going to networking events and getting yourself out there. And I'd started going to some networking events, um, got my first couple of clients from networking events and, um, and then COVID hit. Um, and it was like all the networking events were shut down, like everything changed. And I was a bit like, Oh, okay, well, this is fun. Um, but I just, I just got a, a big sale. I just like made an eight grand sale or whatever. So I had, I had enough money in my bank to, to see me through for a couple of months. And it's a great position to be in because all of a sudden I was thinking, right, money aside, because I'm all right for a couple of months, like how can I show up in this situation? And what can, what, what's my role going to be? Because I'm not a nurse anymore. So how can, I, how can I show up and support people right now? And I was talking to some people like from local networking groups that I've made connections with. And obviously they'd all been shut down. I was like, so I'll just throw together a network and invite all the connections that I've made. Um, and that was March last year. The Rebellious Business Network is still going. It's freaking awesome, if I do say so myself. Love that network. And, um, and that's where it started, really. Uh, by the time I was called to go back on the list as a, as, as a nurse, on the retired nurses register, um, I was actually fully booked with clients and, and, and I couldn't, I, they, my clients had to come first. Um, there just wasn't enough time left. Luckily it never got to the point where they were desperate for nurses to go back anyway. Um, but yeah, so that's how it happened. Yeah. There was a lot of dancing nurses at that time, as I recall. 
Um, so in terms of, you, you said, you know, that you, you did your coaching accreditation and you'd learned along the way that you should exhaust your existing network. Mm. Where had that come from? Had that come from all the webinars and everything you did on SFM? Or that where did that come from then? No, um, there was there was a time around sort of being in the SFM. That I, I got it from I think it was Holly Barris actually. She said to me, you know, get outside the bubble. And the SFM's great. It's like a little protected bubble. You know, you, you're safe in there to grow and you meet people and whatever. But it really is like a bubble. All the events are, are internal. The, everything's internal. You have to be on the inside to be involved in anything. Yeah. Whereas if you go to any other kind of business conference, it's just anyone and anyone that bought a ticket, you'd have to be a member in order to buy a ticket. Um, and there was, I, one day I'd gone, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to expert empires because I'd been looking into, well, who are the UK entrepreneurs? You know, we know like Tony Robbins, uh, Rachel Hollis, Amy Porterfield, Tom Bilyeu, Gary Vaynerchuk. Like we know those guys, right? We, we've been listening to them for a while. We know who they are. We've been reading their books, but who are the UK entrepreneurs? I'm starting to, in fact, no, it was, it was Curls who said that to me. She was doing the same thing. And it got me thinking like, who are the UK entrepreneurs? Yeah, this is a good point. I want to check it out. And um, I found this guy, Rob Moore, um, and he was speaking um, at this event, Expert Empires. And I thought, do you know what, I'm going to go. And do you know what, I'm going to go on my own. So easy for me to just ring up Dan or Caroline or one of my friends and be like, do you want to come? And I was like, no, do you know what, I'm going to push myself. I'm going to go to a conference outside of the SFM, take off my training wheels, go by myself and just see what happens. So I did. And um, whilst I was there, I saw that they have a mastermind on sale, which looked very similar to Ryan Dice's war rooms, which, you know, is you have to be in excess of a million revenue in order to be able to join the war, the war rooms. It's like a, a mastermind. And um, I'd always that been on my bucket list. I want to be in the war room one day. It was something I was like, you know, looking to, up to at some point in my journey. And I saw that they have like a baby mastermind, the 50K mastermind. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I could fit in that group and get. So I ended up joining that mastermind. And it was actually, you know, that not just joining the mastermind, the mastermind I've got a lot out of it. And it's been great to meet people from different different places and in the UK and doing all, there's some really successful people in that mastermind. Um, but it's also just different perspectives different mm. perspectives from different angles. And I really started to step out of that SFM bubble and, and, and check out things elsewhere, you know, going to events here, there, networking events here, there and everywhere, um, doing a coaching accreditation, uh, signing up to certain things, going to that mastermind, going to different conferences. Um, and once you do step outside of that bubble, it's like, number one, you realize just how little people know. <laughs> compared to what, what the education we get in the SFM and therefore how valuable you are but also you just hear things from different perspectives and it's really enlightening um and it was Nick James it was it was on the final day of um my coaching accreditation course and um he'd come in to do some pitch to get people into mastermind I was already in the mastermind that's how I found out about the coaching accreditation with his mum Nikki V who's amazing um, sadly, she's retired from from doing that now. I'd be recommending everybody go through it. But um, yeah, Nick James um, said one thing, and I'd heard him say it ten times before. 
which is exhaust your existing network, go to networking events, you know, and just get yourself out there. And it's that, and, and you know, when you hear something so many times and then all of a sudden it clicks and um, what I'd always practiced and preached was marketing is advertising and bringing in cold traffic, bringing in new people and whatever. And I never really thought about exist, uh, exhausting my existing network about like just getting out there and being loud about what it is that I'm doing and that there might be people that I already know that need my help. Um, and they are the best clients because they're already warm. They already trust you. They already know you. You've already got a rapport with them unless you, you know, you've, you've ruined that somehow in the past. You, you've already got a reputation and you've got a great network. And um, so, yeah, I, that's what that's where that came from. And it worked, you know, and, and then the beauty of it is, is that 59% of sales on average come from word of mouth and referrals in general, not just sales. So the rebellious business network, you know, um, out of, we have a little survey for everyone that comes into the group and there's 599 people in there. Um, so we're nearly at the 600 mark um, <laughs> in terms of businesses. It's a very active, very engaged uh, Facebook group, really, really like engaged. I think it's, there's a fifth of, sorry, four fifths of the members in there are like active in there. Oh. And um, I've gone off on a tangent. What was I saying? I was about well, you were talking about ex existing network and- Oh yeah, over, over 120 of those, things like 126 out of that 600 have said, they found us through word of mouth, someone that's recommended them. Cause we have on there, like, let us know who referred you so we can thank them. Um, and they put the name down of the person who recommended it. And most of them, are the, you know, the biggest pool of, of things we have, like, you know, people come from Instagram or Eventbrite or all sorts of places, but most of them are like, yeah, word of mouth, which is powerful. So if someone listening to this was interested in, in what you do, what, what are the sort of things you can do for a business? Well, we have first and foremost, a networking event that happens every week, which is really cool because it's an opportunity for you to come and find out more about online marketing. We share training every week, you know, on different tactics and strategies. We have experts that come in and speak. It's also an opportunity to network with people. In my experience, events have been the most powerful part of my entire journey, as you know, from the Dominican Republic. And um, just in general, from like traveling around the world and meeting people at these events and then meeting people locally at things as well has just been massively powerful in my journey. And you're, you're, it's true what they say about your network is your net worth. And so I'm, I, I actually hate networking, right? I find it stuffy and boring and dull a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> and which is really funny because I run a network. Yeah, but this is the kind of network that teaches you how to get clients without needing to go networking, which is funny. Um, so yeah, we have we have a networking call every week. It's fun. It's like music. It's energy. It's designed to be a midweek pick me up, and um, then we have you know programs that we run because we quickly realise that a lot of people at the moment, what they're really struggling with is finding more clients online, you know, really booking out their calendars and, and really finding their ideal clients. And so we put something together to help them called the rebellious 10 K bootcamp. And it just took off, uh, really did. We've, we've currently got, I think about 40 members in the bootcamp. 
um, and it's just an awesome environment. So we, we run trainings and courses and programs to help people with their marketing to level up. We're all about helping you to hit your first 10 K in sales. Um, and then we have a mastermind as well. And that's really fun because I thought, you know, you know, I, I told you a minute ago that dream to like one day be in the war room. The idea of me having my own mastermind was like, <laughs> that'll be like five years down the line. And last year I was like, we're just going to launch a mastermind. And we did. And um, it was very successful. Um, and yeah, so we have that too. Um, and yeah. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> so what's... um with 2021 shaping up the way it's been this far but i'm i'm ever hopeful ever hopeful that by april may <laughs> life will be returning to normal fingers um, crossed yeah so what's the plans for this year for the business if you've got any well last year was very much idea execute idea execute idea execute and whilst that can do well to get you to six figures or get you to, you know, really getting off the ground and making some impact, it's not a sustainable way to carry on. So this year is really about continuing and doing, taking what we learned last year, learning how to do it better, focusing on the clients that we've got, nurturing them, um, focusing on improving that we're, we're, we're going to implement a couple of new things this year but nothing wild well actually there's a couple of wild things we're desperate desperate i'm desperate to get into the events industry you know at the moment it's not really a thing um mm. but we had our first virtual conference last year which was awesome um and we plan to have another one um and yeah just more of the same because one of my coaches said to me, look, it's the easiest thing in the world. Um, getting to, yeah, he said, no, no, sorry. He said, he said, getting to six figures is really fun, right? Because you just play and you just throw things out there and test and go for it and run and da, 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 but it's not sustainable. And if you want to get to seven figures, I got to tell you, Cordelia, it's going to be boring. Because all you do is you find something that works and you do it over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, and so that's what we plan to do this year, do it over and over again. Because yeah. uh, we have got something that works and it's having a lot of impact and, you know, our clients are loving it. So we're just focusing on hunkering down and polishing and improving. Okay, cool. So <clears throat> I think as we sort of draw to a close, I think... I mean, you're, I really relate to your story in lots of ways um, from the, the relationship that you weren't happy in. And it sounds to me like as soon as you released yourself from that relationship and you um, became a single mom, which I was a single mom, um, there's no shame in that. But I know, what, I know what you mean when you said what you said. But it, it feels like when you released yourself and you then got the space and then you had more energy because you weren't having to mollycoddle somebody that just wasn't pulling his weight or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever the situation was. Um, you've then just flourished. I mean, I know there was a car crash in the middle of all that, but it seems to me like releasing yourself from that relationship allowed you to become the entrepreneur and the success that you've become. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's not just the releasing of the relationship that's played like a massive part because 
it's allowed me to really be independent and be able to find out who I am and and grow um in my own way without 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 I don't know um but at the same time it's also down to like like you say not settling never giving up you know every time you get fall down or you're thrown down just get back up again Mm. um and I realized this year that I was running a challenge into my group and I'd got all of our guys in the rebellious business network to submit a task which was all about you know understanding your why and one of the girls she was sharing a story of recovery and it was just such a vulnerable share and it was in like her sharing that story and in seeing that uh, seeing her why written down that I realized that that's how I did it it wasn't I get people ask me all the time oh I'm a mum you know I've got kids or I'm a nurse and people resonate with a part of my story and they're like have you got any tips on how to get through it because it's really freaking hard and I'm like um you just kind of just do it just go for it grab every opportunity but I'd not give them a bit of advice here and there but it was it was it was recently that I really realized what it was and it's mainly like have a why or a reason to go for it that's so big that it's bigger than you and um if you have a if you have a why that is way bigger than you are and going back is no option you just can't there's there's no turning around because turning around is not fulfilling that why then then that's how how you do it and i and, and i think looking back in hindsight it wasn't one thing but it was it was the kids mainly it was the like there is no other option because i can't not create this life for them i can't not give them that stability i can't not give them that and i can't not provide and I can't go back to work and all of that stuff because the, the the why was just so huge there was no oh well never mind it doesn't really matter I if I get to 80 I won't look back and regret it no I would have regretted it like hugely um so yeah I think I think it was a combination of things but I think it was mainly knowing my why and then you can kind of say as well at the same time well you know that relationship didn't fit in with what what my what my plan my life plan my why my reason my what I wanted to achieve was in the first place so naturally of course that's going to kind of pull the whole thing down a little bit yeah okay um thank you for that and if there was one little bit of if somebody's sat here listening now and they're feeling trapped whether it's a relationship they're not happy in or um the career or maybe both um for lots of us it's both it was for me Mm -hmm. What if they could do take one little easy step today or any thoughts that come to mind for you? What what would you say to that person that sat there feeling trapped right now? I think um, I think it would be easy for me to say a lot of things in hindsight. Like I do remember how scary it is to leave your career and, and a relationship. I also think that we have a lot of dress rehearsals until the big day. Of when we actually leave like you know there'll be some arguments and maybe you'll go and then maybe you'll go oh no well, I, do, I don't know why I chose to do that and you come back again and that's okay and I think it doesn't matter where you are um what situation that you're in you know 
I think the first thing that you need to do is to be kind to yourself and to just be like, okay, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. This isn't going to last forever. I can change this. I can turn things around. I can make choices and, and whatever. And I think as well, picture that there is a glass ceiling above your head and it's quite thick. And, and, and sometimes to get through, if you want to get through that glass ceiling, there's only one way and that's to just break through it. And the only way you can break through it is to go through it hard and fast. But as Tony Robbins says, you know, we spend most of our time building up to making the decision, take making the, making the decision takes a split second, mm. but most of the time comes from building up to the point where you're ready to make that decision. And, um, if you're not ready right now, it's okay, but you will be, um, and you'll know when you are and, and just go for it because it's, you know, it's your life and you only get one of them. Thank you. Very profound. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will resonate with what you just said. Uh, I know I certainly remember feeling that way many years ago. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much. If, um, where can people find you? Where, what's the easiest way for people to find out more about Cordelia? <laughs> um, probably, well, we've got quite a, an, an easy name to, remember, to, to search for, to look for. Um, Rebellious Business. You just Google that. We come up everywhere under that. Um, rebelliousbusiness.com. We're on Facebook as Rebellious Business um, Network. We're on Instagram as Cordelia Kate, um, the Rebellious Business Coach. So if you type in Rebellious Business, uh, we're sure to show up. Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you again, Cordelia. It's been a pleasure and um, good luck for 2021. Thanks, Mel. It's been great to be on. Well, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and perhaps the story resonated with your own life or reminded you that perhaps you're also settling for second best. I've been helping people from a young age and realizing that there is more to life than what they are currently settling for. My desire is to give others the love to confidently and respectfully know their value so that they feel joy and are empowered to make a fulfilling difference. If that sounds good to you and you'd like to reach out and connect, you can find me at facebook.com forward slash Mel Clark coaching. That's Clark with an E or instagram.com forward slash Mel Clark coaching. Enjoy your day.